0: We're going to be in Luke chapter 6, verses 27 through 36. So a little survey here. Um, how many people here have watched American Idol? A few people have. Okay. I have never watched American Idol. Um, Mandissa Hundley was one of 12 finalists in 2006, which was the fifth season of American Idol. She had a rough start. Simon Cowell, who was one of the judges, had been quite sarcastic about her weight. When she first appeared on the stage, Simon quipped, Do we have a bigger stage this year? When Judge Paula Abdul commented that Mandissa had a Frenchy growl to her voice. Simon responded with, A more apt comparison would be France itself. When Mandissa came back into the room to hear the judge's verdict, Mandissa looked right at Simon, and here's what she said. She said, Simon, a lot of people want me to say a lot of things to you. But this is what I want to say to you. Yes. You hurt me, and I cried, and it was painful. It really was. But I want you to know that I have forgiven you, and that you don't need someone to apologize in order to forgive someone else. And I figure that if Jesus could die so that all my wrongs could be forgiven, I can certainly extend that same grace to you. I just wanted you to know that. It, by the way, anybody actually see that night? Um, so instead of retaliation, Amanda uh, spoke boldly yet with uncommon kindness. She spoke honestly with her about her hurt and clearly about her forgiveness. You know, I think Jesus would have smiled about how she responded uh, right there on the spot. Jesus himself was a revolutionary when it came to overthrowing the status quo of sin. He came came to change the world. He came to change people's heart. And he came, came to change our hearts. John 3.16 reminds us of the motivation that sent Jesus to our world. Remember John 3.16? For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son. And that word for love, the Greek word is agape. It's one of those Christian words. And it's definitely Christian because it's hardly used ever outside of the Bible. And it refers to God's love. It's a sacrificial love. It's a love that loves without the merit of the person or object love. It's a love that's not deserved. It's a love that's unconditional. It's an unconditional commitment to an imperfect person. For God so loved you and me, that he gave his one and only son, that would be Jesus, that whoever, whoever, any person believes in him, Jesus shall not perish, but have eternal life. Shall not be condemned, but will be given a relationship with God in eternity. Um, God loves people. He loves all people. He loves the good guys and the bad guys. He loves the religious people and irreligious people. He he loves drug dealers and drug addicts. He loves uh, church people and non-church people. He loves the rich and the poor, the moral moral and uh, immoral, politicians and prostitutes God loves his enemies. Uh, He loves his critics. He loves his antagonists. Which brings us to a very important passage in the Bible that's sometimes very hard to teach and very hard to apply. And Jesus wants to challenge his followers big time. Uh, We're going to start with verses 27 through 31, and I want to read that um, and ask you to follow along. In Luke chapter 6, verse 27, but Jesus said, But I tell you who hear me, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who mistreat you. If someone strikes you on the cheek, turn him the other also. If someone takes your cloak, do not stop him from taking your tunic. Give to everyone who asks you. If anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. Do to others as you would have them do to you. The first thing we see here is that following Christ calls for radical obedience. That's not an easy section. That's not an easy passage to follow, to follow Jesus. We start in 27 and 28 Um Love your enemies. What does that mean? How do I do that? And by the way, I do not have all the answers. God, I wish I did, but I don't. But I get the message loud and clear: love your enemies. Um, he starts with, "Do good to those who hate you." Uh, we are, by the way, when the, the command here to love our enemies is the same word as John three sixteen. It's agape love. It's sacrificial love. It's loving uh, when the person doesn't deserve it. It's loving in spite of the person's behavior or attitude or actions. Um, he says, Love your enemies. Do good to those who... Um, Who hate you. Don't return hate for hate. Return good for those who hate you. Do it for Jesus. That's what this is about. Do it for Jesus. He didn't say you have to understand. Or that you have to be totally convinced. He said do it. Do it for me. Do it for Jesus um He also said um, to bless those who curse you, uh, doing good is it, to one who hates you is a blessing it 's doing something beneficial it 's doing something positive um, doing something positive for those who say uh, negative stuff to you or about you, and then it 's about praying uh for those who mistreat you, so one of my uh, favorite verses is uh, Philippians four six and seven. Uh, Do not be anxious about anything. You know that's one of those. Oh yeah, sure. But it's the idea is okay. When anxiety comes, there's a tip off here. Pray. Uh, be specific in your prayer. Let your request be made known to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds. So, anxiety is a tip-off. It's a, it's a flashing red button. Oh, rather than letting this thing overwhelm me, it's a tip-off. Oh, I'm I'm gonna. This is why I should pray. I need to get. I need to just bring this to put it in God's hands and move forward with God, and let God help me uh, move forward. And to trust him. And that's one of the things uh, when somebody uh, mistreats you. um, It's a tip off to pray for that person. Someone who mistreats you. Uh, What's clear here is Jesus does not want retaliation when you are mistreated. Jesus, the normal response, the human response, when people mistreat us, when people say hurtful things to us, when people are unfair, we want right. And um, oftentimes, we want to retaliate. Sometimes retaliation is way beyond justice. It's over the top, especially when it's done out of anger. Um, Jesus is saying, I want you to do something positive. I want you to do good. I want you to love your enemies. They don't deserve it. Now, one of the things that Jesus, as he communicates in this whole section here, he's not going to give us a set of rules that, that apply to every case. He's giving us principles on how to live in our world how to live in our culture, how, how to live in a world where some people hate God and some people hate you. Um, we have been created in the image of God. And one of the things it doesn't take very long to be convinced of is that we all have a sense of justice. You know, what's fair? I learned that in the backseat of My dad's 1955 Plymouth. And I had a sister that was four years older, and we had to sit in the back seat. And there was an imaginary line in the back seat. And when she crossed that line, I knew. Time to tell mom and dad to make this right. And it was unfair. And isn't it amazing how kids just have this sense of what's right and wrong. When somebody is violating their space... Unless, of course, that can be all messed up when they get abused and, they, and some of those uh, discernment abilities get misplaced and, and get out of whack when a child has been abused. Um, but Jesus calls us to higher standards than retaliation, than revenge. Jesus calls us... Um, to go beyond human nature because it's just human nature to demand our justice. And one of the amazing things about living in America is we have rights, and that is awesome, and I'm all for your rights. We don't always have to demand our rights. The New Testament doesn't have a lot about you having rights about in following Jesus. Jesus calls us to higher standards. That is what this is about, to love your enemies because those are higher standards than anyone has. Verses 29 through 30, love requires action. If someone slaps you on one cheek, turn them the other also. If someone takes your coat, do not withhold your shirt from them. Give to everyone who asks you. And if anyone... Takes what belongs to you. Do not demand it back. That doesn't seem fair. Jesus, I have rights. It's not fair. If someone strikes you, he says, turn to them the other also. Now, what I learned in the backseat of my dad's 1955 Plymouth is when my sister hits me, I hit back. It's only fair. Um, Jesus wants us to act differently when someone takes a swipe at us. He's also training them, and he's equipping them for what's to come, because his followers are going to take some abuse, unfairly. And he's calling them to react differently. Now, I know there's so many questions come about this, um, Jesus is about justice. Jesus is about government and law and order. And when crimes are committed, that's why we have government, to execute justice. So I'm not um, saying we're supposed to lay down every time somebody wants to harm us. I'm not saying that. That's not what Jesus is saying. What What Jesus wants is our hearts. He wants to, us to respond to people differently. Um, and he was preparing his team. Uh, for example, Acts 18, verse 17. This would come later. Um, this takes place in Corinth. Then the crowd there turned on Sosthenes, the synagogue leader. And he had come to faith under Paul's ministry. And he was a new follower of Christ. The crowd turned on, the Jewish crowd, uh, turned on Sosthenes in the synagogue, the synagogue leader, and beat him in front of the pro-council, Galileo. And Galileo showed no concern, whatever. So there was uh, abuse publicly. And um, Jesus had instructed his followers about times like this. Christians uh, have been abused and beaten at times throughout history for being Christ followers. And Jesus is warning them that that can happen. And he wants to make a difference. Jesus is a revolutionary who wants to make a difference in our world when it comes to the status quo of sin. He calls us to higher standards. Acts 21, verses 30 through 32 is a, another example. Um, the whole city was aroused. This is in Jerusalem. And the people came running from all the directions, seizing Paul. This is the Apostle Paul. They dragged him from the temple. This is the greatest example of any Christian we've ever seen anywhere in all of history. The Apostle Paul. And what does he get? He gets apprehended. They dragged him from the temple, and immediately the gates were shut. Next slide. While they were trying to kill him, news reached the commander of the Roman troop that the whole city of Jerusalem was all in an uproar. Next slide. He at once took some officers and soldiers and ran down to the crowd, and when the rioters saw the commander and his soldiers, they stopped beating Paul. It was good for Paul that they finally stopped. They stopped beating him. It wasn't just a slap on the cheek. How did Paul respond? We don't always see Jesus was slapped on the cheek. The interesting thing, Jesus didn't turn the other cheek. But turn the other cheek is a metaphor. Um, It's about don't retaliate. Don't demand your rights all the time. Um, How can you do something good for your enemy? Jesus didn't give us a set of rules for every situation, just to remind you. What Jesus wants is his followers to love people especially people who don't deserve that love. People who don't deserve God's love. People who don't deserve your love. He also said if someone steals your coat, uh, and this is perhaps an assumption of someone who would steal a coat that uh, be out of need because they don't have a coat. And uh, one of the... Uh, Concepts here is do, do you love your possessions more than you love people? Um, if somebody uh, stole something from me, I would probably, uh, if if it was appropriate, I would probably appropriate uh, uh, contact the police department. Whatever I would, Jesus is not against justice. What he, what Jesus is for, is for generosity toward people in need and us not always demanding our rights. And so he doesn't give a rule for every situation because the way my mind thinks is I've already had about 30 situations. How do you apply it here? How do you apply it here? And I can't give you an answer. When I would apply any of these situations, I would primarily want to pray and ask God to show me... Um, what steps I should take to show good, to do good, to, uh, to love an enemy. Uh, in Romans chapter 12, verse 17, it says this, Do not repay anyone evil for evil. This is exactly what Jesus is teaching Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Next slide. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge, I will repay. So God is concerned about justice, but he's got that. And um, he wants us to be wise. He wants us to be good stewards. He wants us uh, to obey the law, and law is good, and the law helps protect us as well. But ultimately, final justice belongs to God, and we don't have to take it out with our attitudes or with our actions. Next slide. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. It's exactly what Jesus is teaching. Loving your enemy, in doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. In other words, um, if he's going to just continue to harm and be hurtful, and this is who he is, um, he was he's going to face judgment. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome um, evil with good. Will my actions help me overcome evil that happens to me? With good, um, and the danger is, it's so easy um, when when to be hurt by someone else and to be offended by someone to come back with so much anger and uh, this bitterness, and uh, it it begins to grow in our heart and then we've been overcome by evil and we're letting it settle in us. He also says to give to everyone who asks you. And I don't think literally if Jesus meant that if a million people come up to you today and ask you for something, you're supposed to give out to every person. I think he's teaching more than that. I think he's teaching generosity. Don't be tight-fisted with the poor and the needy. God has always had a plan for the poor, for the under-resourced. He says, be as generous as far as you can. Jesus is not against saving for the future. It doesn't mean you can't have personal savings. Uh, But Jesus is against selfishness. Jesus wants you to love your neighbor as yourself. When he asks us to love our enemies, that's even going beyond loving our neighbor as ourselves. Um, because we sort of define neighbor as someone who is in need. For Jesus, love your neighbor as yourself. For Jesus, there is appropriate self-love, appropriate self-care, and you need to take care of yourself, provide safety for your family, provide food for your family, provide a place to stay for your family. That's appropriate self-care, that you need to get rest, etc., etc. I think those are all about appropriate self-care or self-love. But you also need to make room to love your neighbor and that's where the poor come in. This is, um, but God has always asked his people, always asked his people to care for the poor. Uh, Deuteronomy 15, verses 7 and 8. If anyone is poor among you, your fellow Israelites in any of the towns of the land of the Lord your God is giving you, do not be hard-hearted or tight-fisted toward them because that's, The danger. Hard hearted, tight fisted. This is mine. And I don't want to share. Uh, Be open handed and freely lend them whatever they need. That's God's attitude to those in need, to to the poor. Um, Psalm 37, verse 21 The wicked borrow and do not repay, but the righteous give generously. Proverbs nineteen seven, whoever is kind to the poor lends to the Lord and he will reward them for what they've done. See, generosity for the poor honors God and pleases him. In verse 31, love requires careful thought. Do as you would have them do to you. This is the golden rule. Do to others as you would have them do to you. And this is a great, uh, think about this rule as a rule to evaluate your actions and your attitude toward others. Think about it carefully. You are called to a higher standards if you are a Christ follower. Jesus didn't say, I want you to do this if you feel good about it. Jesus said, I want my followers to love their enemies, people who don't like them, people who disagree with them, people who sometimes make fun of them, who don't have the same values, they don't have the same politics. Jesus has called us to a higher standard. Secondly, following Christ requires love that is like God. Verses 32 through 36. Let's just read that section and see it in a, how it fits together. Verses 32 through 36. And Jesus uh, said, If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you love to do good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. And if you uh, lend to those from whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners expecting to be repaid in full. But love your enemies. He just can't get away from that, can he? Love your enemies. Do good to them and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great and you will be sons of the Most High because... He is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. Be merciful just as your Father is merciful. Those are higher standards. One more time, Jesus uses that word, love your enemies. It's agape, it's sacrificial love. It's loving, not based on performance or value of the other person. Um, 1 John 4, 7 Love, agape love, comes from God. 1 John 4, 8, God is love, agape love. 1 John 4, 16, whoever lives in love, agape love, lives in God and God in him. And so the only way that I'm going to be able to love anyone the way God does is to have God's love flowing through me and then out, which means I need to be closely connected to God, closely walking with God, filled with his Holy Spirit, so that God's love can come through me, and I'll have the strength, I'll have the power to be able to do good to people who don't deserve it, to show love to people who don't deserve it, to love my enemies. By the way, this is a really good one to practice in marriage. Love your enemies. You know what? If I think if more Christian couples would love this way, they'd never end up in a divorce court. Because it's not always easy to love the person that you love or to love the person that's been the most important person in your life. It's not always easy. I've treated Sue like I'm her enemy at different times in our uh, marriage. Um, It's the same kind of love, uh, Ephesians chapter 5, husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church. It takes, in marriage, it takes God's love flowing through me to my wife so that I can um, go beyond human love. And it's the same for wives. It takes more than human love. It takes God's love flowing through us. We shut God off when we shut off that love and that ability and that power and that strength. Verses 32 uh, through 34. My love toward others must reach even my enemies. This has been Jesus' message If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love love those who love them. It's just human nature to care about people who care about us. It's just human nature to like people who like us. It's just human nature to treat people well, who treat us well, who doesn't like to be treated kindly and thoughtfully. But Jesus calls his followers to a higher standard. If you do good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. That's just human nature. And when Jesus um, uses the word sinners here, um, he's not being down. He's he's talking to his culture so that they, he, he knows, he's just saying, if you want to just talk about people who are far from God, even people far from God behave this way. They love people who love them. They're kind to people who are kind to them. They care about people who care for them but Jesus is saying i want you to go beyond that i want you to love people who don't love you who even may be mean to you verse 34 if you lend to those from whom you expect repayment what credit is that to you even even smart people far from god are willing to lend their money if they're expecting repayment now Again, Jesus is not about, he's not against you being a good steward. What he is against is selfishness, and what he wants from us is generosity. Because he will use those attitudes. What he wants is us not to be tight-fisted toward legitimate needs, but to be generous. Verse 35: My love for others displays God's love for people. Jesus said. But love your enemies, he says it again. Do good to them. Same message. How will God's enemy know that God loves them? The same way your enemies are going to know that God loves them. Think about that. You are the body of Christ, the church. Jesus went to heaven and he left us to do his work. Jesus loved his enemies, and he has left us to love his enemies and to love our enemies so that people can experience what love is, so people can experience what God is like, so that they will know about someone who will accept them, embrace them, even though they have been wicked, disobedient, dishonoring, immoral Jesus says love them, do good to them lend without expecting anything back and then this amazing section then your reward will be great Jesus didn't say do this so you'll get a great reward but this is his promise you will get a great reward and it will be you may get something in this life but you will get a great reward in the next life And you will be children of the Most High. He's not saying this is how you earn your relationship with God. But this is how you prove your relationship with God. You will be children of the Most High God. Because He, God, is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. You will prove that you are children of the Most High God. Have you been born again? If you've been born again, you were given a new nature, a spiritual connection with God. You are children of God. And this is how people who have that nature that God has given them need to behave. They need to show uh, people who are far from God, who may be wicked, uh, who, who may be immoral, who may be dishonest, They need to show what God's love is like and offer proof because that's how God is. He's, he loves people who are ungrateful. They don't deserve it. He loves people who dishonor him, who, using the word Jesus used, are wicked. Verse 36, the last verse, my love for others requires The exercise of mercy before judgment. It requires mercy before judgment. In verse 36, he says, Be merciful just as your Father is merciful. If we've been born of God, if we have the nature that God has given us, a new nature, a new capacity to please God that can be empowered by the Holy Spirit, then we need to show mercy. The same way God does. That's what God would like to do through us. That's what, that's what Jesus has laid out for us to do. Yes, we should value justice. But we should not be judgmental. Let us display God's love by showing mercy to people who don't deserve it. Not revenge. God has shown us mercy and we didn't deserve it. And that's what he wants from us. To be able to display mercy, to be able to offer forgiveness, to be able to show kindness, generosity toward people who don't deserve it. In James chapter uh, 2, verses 12 and 13. James writes, speak and act as those who are going to be judged by the law that gives freedom because judgment without mercy will be shown to anyone who has not been merciful. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Now, truth is important. Justice is important. And we have standards. God has standards. Uh, It's easy as a Christian to have, you know, when we see all of God's standards is to always be evaluating other people and find out what they're doing is wrong. It's just real easy to be judgmental toward people. And the way Jesus would approach us is he'd be a little more gracious than that because he can see every detail of our lives and everywhere we failed. And he continually wants to draw us to himself. He continually wants to show mercy rather than zapping us every time we did something wrong. And he wants us, when it comes to, if push comes to shove, show mercy. Um, And Jesus told us to love our enemies because he wants to use us. He wants his church to love people, all kinds of people, even our enemies. Um, he wants us to love people who disagree with us on social media. He wants us to love people who think our values are old-fashioned. He wants us to love with people who to love people who disagree with us politically. He wants us to love people who might disagree with us about right to life. He wants us to love people who disagree with us about God's plan for marriage. You see, loving our enemies is radical, it's revolutionary, it's counter-culture, and Jesus came to change the world. And to do that, he has to change our hearts. Can you imagine what it would be like? How would, how would that, this impact our witness to our world If we didn't get all caught up in whether people liked us or didn't like us or whether something was fair or unfair, but we just wanted to express Jesus' love, how would that change the impact of the gospel? Jesus came to proclaim the good news, and he's been doing that. And this is what, what he wants his people to do so that other people far from him can experience good news. Is to show love. Um, our job is to so love the world so that even our enemies will see Jesus and what he is like through us. Let's stand and pray. Father, we just uh, pause before you today, and I acknowledge that to love our enemies is a, is a hard concept, and it takes uh, wisdom to apply. And God, I pray that you'll uh, just cause us to reflect and think about how we can do good to others, how we can do as we would want to be treated, with kindness and patience Thoughtfulness, generosity, and help. May we not just respond to people out of our human nature. May we step up to your higher standards to love people who don't love us, who love people who may hate us, who love people who treat us poorly. May your Holy Spirit work in our lives. May he continue to shape each of us. May you show us whatever, uh, we, we are all in different places. And may you show us who you have before us to express your love and your kindness. So that we can do good, so that we can be a blessing to them so we won't respond with anger and retaliation. Help us to follow who you are and what you said. Amen.